are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you all for making the show your very first listen. Here to start off your day, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and show me some support by following my Twitter account, at Jack Bushman 2 And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode, please do me a favor, go on over to YouTube and make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube as well. It won't cost you anything. It's 100% free and really does go a long way for yours truly. All right, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into part two of my recent conversation with none other than Charlie Rumeliotis, the Blackhawks insider for NBC Sports Chicago. And where are you on kind of... You know, people have been saying give him opportunities with Connor Bedard up on that top line. And it felt like going into the season, maybe this is just my opinion from an outsider's look. It felt like leaving Reichel when he was at center two at the time, leaving him down at the, at the second line allowed them for for maybe to maybe an opportunity to create a, a reliable second scoring line. But it feels like the bottom six has kind of been the ones who have been chipping in second fiddle behind Connor Bedard in that top line. Do you think that's going to happen sometime soon? Or do you think the Blackhawks are wanting to keep them separate for the time being? Yeah, I think, well, I, I don't think you can separate them now because the Felino Bedard, Kurashev line is really, yeah. is, has been solid, right? But where where I would like to see that is the power play. Like put Bedard and Reichel together, at least on the power play, because that's where they can both get some confidence and that's where they're both, their skill sets can thrive the most. So if a guy like Bedard or um, Reichel is struggling to get offensive production, rather than taking away ice time from him and putting him on the second unit and dropping him down in the lineup, I'm of the proponent, and this is situational because the Blackhawks are not, my answer would be different in three years if the Blackhawks are competitive and they're Stanley Cup contenders. Like that's where you have to like, you have to bench guys. You got to go with the guys who are going. But as a young player, like we got, we got a guy that only, has only two points in 13 games. We, we have to put him in situations where he can start gaining confidence. And so yes. to me, that's, Hey, put him on the first power play with Connor Bedard. There's no Taylor hall right now. So you, you can kind of find a way like they have Felino and Perry both on the first unit, like take one of them out, take Felino out and put Reichel there and let Kershev play the, the bumper or some, something that get, you can, they, the Hawks can get creative in that. And I think eventually I would like to see Reichel and Bedard on a line together. Um, maybe when Kurashev and Felino and Bedard, when that kind of fizzles out. I, I guess my um, the challenge would be not who would you put on that line to make sure that you you're protecting the two of them? Because I think back to the Florida game, Dmitry Kulikov makes that big hit on Connor Bedard, and it was Reese Johnson and Nick Felino that immediately went to his defense. If that happens, you know, Reichel takes a big hit. Is it going to be Kurashev? Is it going to be Bedard? Like who, you better hope one of the defensemen like Tenorti or Murphy are on the ice. So that can, you know what I mean? That's the only thing. But I, I agree with the sentiment that Reichel and Bedard, it feels like if 
feels like they they were made to play for with each other because of their their skill sets they complement each other i feel like at some point you just got to give those two some opportunity if it's if not together on the top line then on the power play because something i've said the last couple episodes of my show I'm sure Lucas Reichel is not having the most fun time right now, right? Like I'm sure he's well aware of his situation and you just got to do something to give him some confidence and get him kind of just kickstarted again. Right. So that's kind of why I've been, at least from my end, uh, preaching to the heavens that they give him some time on that top power play. And I also did want to ask you, would you consider putting him up there with Nick Felino and Connor Bedard? Because I'm sure this was also a result of Bedard just getting more reps and getting more uh, experience under his belt, but his game has elevated too a little bit since Nick Felino got jumped up on that top line, which I don't think that was a statement anyone envisioned saying before this Blackhawks season. Would you consider that at all? Or what are your thoughts on a trio like that? Just yeah. I'm conversation. Yeah. I think, I think if you, if you do put Reichel with Bedard, I think it might make more sense to have a guy like Felino on the line to make sure that he's kind of like the protector and and doing the dirty stuff. At the same time, Kurashev and Bedard have been so good together that I would just have a hard time separating them, Um, which is funny because going into training camp, it felt like Reichel, Kurashev, and Athanasiu were going to be together, and they have not played together at all this year. I know. Because Kurashev was hurt at the beginning of the year. Athanasiu is now hurt and then it was Reichel centering and then he got moved to the wing and it's just it, it's funny how like they haven't even those three haven't played together at all um but I'm sure at some point down the road we will see it that Kurashev Bedard they they might the offense might dry up a little bit for them together and then you try something new and then you see Reichel there or Felino get swapped out or whatever um but yeah I don't know if I would separate Bedard and Kurashev until the offense really dries and the chances start to, to dry up too. Right. And speaking of Nick Felino too, the veterans, the veteran additions that the Blackhawks brought in this off season of him, Corey Perry, who's off to a phenomenal start as well. Taylor Hall, not maybe necessarily as much of a veteran as those other guys, but Ryan Donato has been a really sneaky, good addition as well. Um, I, I feel like Charlie, that's been a, a huge factor and a huge proponent, I guess I could say in getting through to the rest of this team, what Luke Richardson is preaching. It feels like those have really been the guys who have kind of, like you said earlier, um, Tyler Johnson was pissed off after the the Montreal game, despite them being right there up until the end. It feels like the veterans have really been the ones that have kind of allowed this to, to resonate with the rest of the team. Do you think that's a fair statement? It just feels like they're playing such a huge part in the Blackhawks on and off the ice so far this year. Yeah, they really are. And the Blackhawks had a lot of, they, they had veterans last year too, with, with obviously with yes. Kane and Taves, but it's different when you have players like Felino and Perry, you have players from all over the league. Tyler Johnson came from Tampa. Nick Felino was a captain in Columbus, Corey Perry, all those years in Anaheim. It's like, you have all these different veterans than Seth Jones, obviously from, from Columbus as well. You have all these different veterans that have experiences outside of Chicago to kind of unify them together and just be like, okay, like, what did you learn? What did Felino, what, what could he learn and, and bring to this locker room? What did Perry learn from his days in Anaheim and Tampa and Montreal and Dallas that he can bring to this locker room? What did Seth Jones learn from Columbus wearing an A? 
you know, what, it, what can Connor Murphy, Tyler Johnson, all these veterans are kind of just molding this group. And I think that's a unique part of the, the, the leadership group. Whereas last year it was Kane, it was Taves. They were drawing from their cup years. Now it's like you have all these different mix of veterans. And I think it's a very unique locker room this year. And I think it is very valuable to these younger players that they don't have just one play one or two players that they can kind of lean on. They have three, four five that they can kind of look to and be like, Oh, okay. That's what you learned there. That's, that's cool. Like I'll take a mental note of this. And it, it kind of feels like uh, in my mind, it's just the tough result of the NHL being a business at the end of the day, those veterans probably aren't going to see the impact that they're having on these young players. But I feel like this is such an important time frame in the Chicago Blackhawks in the direction they're heading in. And I, I couldn't be more thrilled to have veteran leaders like that to, to show these young guys, the ropes and the in and outs and the day to day stuff. It, it feels like that is really going to play a, a huge benefit to these young players who are around right here, right now, moving forward in their careers. And obviously we've also only heard, only good things about Nick Foligno and Corey Perry, who I never thought, how weird is it by the way, to go and interview Corey Perry and Blackhawk stuff, man, because very. All right. Part two is going to continue here in just a moment, folks. But first real quick, I need to talk to you all about sleeper. The NHL season is finally here. Are the Vegas golden Knights going to reign Supreme once again? I love the NHL and I know all of you do out there as well. And that's why I'm here to tell you about sleeper. Sleeper is my go-to platform for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you have the chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy action. And the NHL has never been more exciting than it is right now with star players like Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, and of course, our baby boy, Connor Bedard here in Chicago. And all you need to do is simply select more or less based on the stats provided, such as goals, assists, points, saves, and more. And again, Sleeper offers 100 times your cash on daily fantasy action, so start paying attention, make the right picks, and you can win real big. Entries can be made in under 30 seconds, and Sleeper is live right now in 28-plus states. And you can also go and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL, and you'll get up to an $100 match on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps, and go and see Sleeper's terms of use right now for more details. Yeah. Okay, Jack. Add. So my first, one of my first, it was like my first game ever, first Blackhawks game I have ever covered, was uh, the game one of the 2015 Western Conference Final. It was oh, Blackhawks. Not a big deal. Ducks. I was 22 years old, so obviously I was a, ner- I was nervous. I was like, whoa, whoa, what am I doing here? And I was tasked with like Tracy Myers was the Blackhawks insider at the time. She was obviously covering Blackhawks angles. I was tasked with covering the visiting team. So I went into the Anaheim Ducks locker room after every game and I would see Corey Perry. I would see Ryan Getzlaff. And to this day, side note, I also did the series after that, which was the St. Louis Blues. It was Blackhawks Blues in 2016. The the 2015 Ducks, after they lost game six and it was going to a game seven, I felt like I was walking into a morgue in the Anaheim Ducks locker room. It was very like it it like when I walked into that locker room and I was we were talking to these players in my head, I didn't say it at the time. In my head I'm like 
Anaheim's losing game seven for sure. They're losing game seven because wow. they felt like they lost that game. And then the next year they faced the blues and it went to game seven. I remember David Backus, Petrangelo after game six, they're like, we're good. We're good. And I thought to myself, I think St. Louis is going to win game seven. And sure enough, it happened. Now it's you, the, the fans that are listening to this are probably like, Charlie, you're full of it, but no, that is exactly <laughs> what I felt. And I think that's the, the unique opportunity of having that locker room access so back to your question about Corey Perry, I have this memory of him talking after game six and how dejected he was after, after that game. And I'm just like, it is so weird that nine years ago you were in the visiting locker room. And I remember how, how dejected you were after that loss. And now he's sitting inside the Blackhawks locker room, like two stalls over from where Kane's stall was, or maybe one stall over. And I'm just like, this is weird. So yes, to your answer, to your question, Jack, it is still very weird to me. It was, it, it was weird to me when, um, what game was it last week? I think it was one of the home games where, um, I actually think it was, it might've been the Boston game. Corey Perry did something and it was like the Blackhawks fans were cheering him like crazy. I'm like, if Corey, Perry, if he was wearing a different sweater, this entire stadium would be booing him right now, but because he's wearing a Blackhawk sweater, it's all, it's like, it is mind boggling to me how it's, he's, he is the ultimate hate that guy when he's not on your team, but you love him when he is. Yeah. It, we needed no further proof that we live in a simulation and Corey Perry <laughs> signing with the Chicago Blackhawks, but it feels like a, I mean, Corey Perry's to a different extreme, but it, it's like what happened with Max Domi kind of last season. Maybe some people didn't have that hatred for Max Domi, but I, I personally did a little bit after uh, there was one scuffle he had with Connor Murphy in Columbus, a real bad one where I'm like, this is oh, yeah. an absolute <laughs> lunatic. I don't know if you remember that, but I'm yep. like, we really went out and signed this guy. And then we ended up <laughs> loving him. I knew that was going to happen with Corey Perry, but um, yeah, crazy how time flies and situations happen like that. Right. But He'd been obviously a huge part of the the Blackhawks' early success as a veteran leader there. Um, I know we've been chatting a little bit here, Charlie. Kind of ran a little bit longer than I intended, buddy. So I got a couple more questions for you, and then I'll let you get on out of here. Got to talk about the young defenseman here for a second as well, because that's a huge part of this Blackhawks team. Kevin Korchinski, Wyatt Kaiser, Alex Vlasic have been in the lineup all year when healthy for Vlasic's case. But I'm interested in your feeling – of this Blackhawks defense as a whole with Isaac Phillips kind of being the odd man out in the mix, because he was someone last year who got some good NHL action and looked the part. And, and probably if the situation were different, if we didn't have all three of those young defensemen in the lineup, it feels like he could be an everyday NHLer with the Blackhawks and doesn't look like Korchinski's going anywhere. There were some questions about Wyatt Kaiser, where he was going to start the season, and he's been in Chicago the whole time. How, how do you feel about the way they've managed this so far and, and your thoughts on the three guys who have obviously been playing in these games so far this year? Yeah, it's weird how the pipeline went from being very thin on the back end to the Blackhawks have some decent defenseman prospects yeah. outside of Korchinski. You know, they, they got Vlasic, Kaiser, Isaac Phillips, like you mentioned, then there's a Del Mastro, Del Mastro and Nolan Allen and Rockford. I mean, th- there are some nice pieces. Now, not all of them are going to be on this roster when the Blackhawks are competitive because you just, there are six spots on, on the back end and Seth Jones is signed to a long-term deal. Korchinski is likely going to be here for a, a very long time as well. So it's like, 
you only got two spots in for the middle pairing. And so are you going to have like a skilled player on the third pair? I don't know. It's just, it's going to be very fascinating to see how this blue line shakes out in three, four years when it, the core starts to round out, but it's a very good problem to have if you're Chicago right now, because if you would have told me a few years ago, Wyatt Kaiser is going to be, he's going to be, a, he's going to be a guy like he's, he's going to be, he's going to be good. And if you told me Alex Vlasic is going to be, you know, playing top pairing minutes through the first month of the season and, you know, Kevin Korchinski, obviously we didn't know it at the time, but they ended up getting the seven overall pick and, and he's looked great. I mean, he's, he's a very young 19. He's going to play this entire year, 19 years old, which is, which is crazy to me because he's, he's still eligible to be a slide candidate. Like he, I, so it's, it's, and it takes longer for defensemen to develop, obviously. Um, so the fact that he's going to be here full time this year, this season in the NHL is, I mean, a testament to where his game is at. And then, like you mentioned, Isaac Phillips, I mean, this guy, I mean, mid to later round pick, I can't remember where exactly he was, fourth, but I think. fourth round, right? I was going to say fifth, but fourth round pick. I mean, that, and he was like the, he was a guy that kind of fast track. I mean, he, he was like, he made his, NHL it was like two years ago. I mean, as a fourth round pick, that's, that's wildly impressive. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this all pans out, but I think the Blackhawks have a very good problem. The one thing I will say, Jack, is the the theme that we see with this regime is defensemen that are big, they're heavy. Um, Kaiser, uh, I know Kaiser is, I guess, the smallest of the group at six feet, or he might be six foot one, but he doesn't play small. He's he's a really good skater, and he he um, you know, he doesn't look small out there at all. Um, so, you, you know, you look at the Vlasics, the Phillips, Korchinski. These are all tall guys. Del Mastro down there in Rockford. Th- these are big guys. And so it's that's probably going to be a theme when they get to the NHL or, well, I guess, full, full-time full NHL players when the Blackhawks are contenders again. That blue line corpse is going to be – they're going to be big and they're going to be hard to play against. Sam Brunzel, another big boy who was a first-round yeah, yep, pick on exactly. the back end too. And, by the way, I don't even know why I questioned you. Isaac Phillips was a fifth-round pick, man. Was he? <laughs> little little face palm from your um, no, all good. Here. He was a fifth round. Uh, hey, it just more so validates how impressive it was that he's been here. You know, like that's a fifth a fifth round pick is a dart throw in today's NHL. That that's I mean to hit on a player like that of his caliber. I know he hasn't done anything yet in the NHL, but he has a future. I mean, he he's going to be a guy. There are plenty of fifth round picks that do not end up doing what Isaac Phillips has already done so far. I remember uh, he made the jump to the professional scene early because of the OHL COVID shutdown. And that's what like yes. kind of kickstarted him a little bit. So he's kind of had an intriguing ascension. And I just wonder how it's going to work for him this year, because it does feel like he could still benefit from time in Rockford, but I don't know necessarily he has like that much more to prove down there after being a top pairing guy last year. Do you kind of feel the same way? All right, we'll be back with this conversation here in just a second, folks, but I need to talk to you all about Jace Medical here real quick. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be prepared at all times. And that's why Jace Medical has come up with the Jace case. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections known out there. And you can also go and customize your own case and add additional life-saving med- medications based on your unique needs and preferences. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Don't get caught unprepared. Go and get the Jace case 
today. And right now you can go to jacemedical.com. And if you use the promo code locked on in all caps at checkout, then you'll get a $20 discount on your first order. Again, that's promo code locked on in all caps at jasemedical.com for a $20 discount on your first order. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I, but I, I see why the Blackhawks are doing what they're doing because you have Vlasic and Vlasic and Korchinski. They're full time NHLers, right? Yeah. But then you got Murphy Kaiser's, and Jones. Kaiser's kind of the questionable one. It feels like like that was at least my question going into this year. I was feeling like they were going to do the same thing they did with Vlasic, and right. obviously two different situations. So that was one thing that I think just caught me by surprise, maybe a little bit. Yeah, and I think this is where it's going to get a little tricky with the defenseman is if you have Vlasic, let's just say Vlasic is uh, the future second pairing defenseman. Let's just say it's Korchinski and Jones as the the future top pairing, and then it's Vlasic and let's just say hypothetically Murphy, but maybe somewhere, maybe maybe down the road you substitute Murphy for Renzel, right? Where do you put Vlasic? Is he a third pairing guy? Is he... Is he more of a second pairing guy? I don't know. So that's where you maybe have some duplicates. And in a few years, when the Blackhawks' core is starting to crystallize, they're going to have some tough decisions to make because they might have to use some of these players as trade chips to go out and get big pieces to add and to start filling out the roster to take a next step, not just in the rebuild, but hey, like we want to be playoff contenders now and Stanley Cup contenders. Like let's go out and let's go out and be big fish hunting. And so that's where they might have to. They have to start weeding out some of the guys that they might have a redundancy of whether it's on the back end or forwards. Um, That's why it's crucial these next few years is to kind of figure out, okay, is this guy going to be a core player or is he going to be a complimentary piece? If he's not a core player, well, then let's get rid of him for someone that is going to be a core player or let's trade him for a complimentary piece where maybe he's a different kind of complimentary piece. So it's, um, it's again, good problems to have. Uh, if you're if you're the Blackhawks, because they still have a boatload of picks that they haven't used yet. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's just but the back end specifically, it's going to be interesting because they have set Jones locked up. Connor Murphy's on the on the the right of the second pairing. He might not be here long term or like part of the Stanley Cup uh, contender when they are when they are in four years or whatever it is. But um, so that's where you might see guys playing on their offside. You know, you got you might see a Kaiser playing on the right side. We saw Nicholas Jalmerson do that in Chicago, where he was he was put on the right when he was playing with Oduya, or he was playing with Duncan Keith. That's how you might actually have to make yourself valuable to the organization. Nolan Allen, someone else who's been getting some reps on his off wing since he made yep. the jump to the professional level as well. Yeah, it's going to be really fascinating to see uh, which ones of these, you know, this deep prospect pool that's arguably, I would say it's the deepest in the NHL. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know the Ducks have a really high end prospect pool, but with the picks and how deep the Blackhawks prospect pool is. Yeah. That is the one problem, if you will, about it is there's just not going to be room ultimately for everyone at the end of the day. So yeah, going to be really intriguing to see who ends up staying in, who winds up being in that kind of odd man out type of situation. Charlie, last question I have for you, brother, when the Blackhawks were just about to start their season, we had some pretty similar comparisons for Connor Bedard's rookie campaign. I got it up here. You had 34 goals, 50 assists for 84 points. I had 38 goals, 46 assists for 84 points. So we were both just over a point per game for Connor Bedard there. Pretty crazy. We had the same number of points. Yeah. But 
I wanted to ask you now that we're, we're 13 games in, do you, do you think we, we lowballed them? Do you think we were a little too high or do you think we should feel pretty good about where our predictions were? So I think, I think I'm going to stay with my points. I'm still going to stay with the 84 points. If you ask me right now, though, I think I might flip the goals and assists. I might say 50 goals and 34 assists. I'm only half joking, by the way, because he's on a heater. I mean, he's got he's got what nine goals and four assists, five assists. So I mean, he's already got 13. Yeah, so he's already he's already got a bunch of goals. Um, that's kind of almost his goals total have have basically doubled his assists. So I'm not sure if I'm going to be right in that department. I will say this though: the power play has been surprisingly bad. I, I, I gotta be honest, Jack, I, my go out on a limb prediction, I guess one of them was the Blackhawks were going to finish in the top half of the power play this year, just because I saw the way they were utilizing Bedard in training camp and how he was just all over the ice. Yeah. I'm like, this is gonna be a good power play and it sticks. It's, <laughs> it's bottom five of the NHL as we record this. So at some point I'm holding out hope that this will feed into my prediction, but at some point I feel like the power play is going to get hot. And the player that's going to benefit from that is Bedard because he's going to pick, pick up the cookies, whether it's goals assists. Um, but right now he's on track point per game player. We're both looking good with our points. I'm just not confident in my, in my goal to assist ratio right now. It's going to be, yeah. If the power play isn't able to pick it up, it does feel like it's going to be a little difficult for him to just rack up as many assists because there are going to be some limitations to what this Blackhawks offense can do. But goal scoring from what we've seen the last two games, we we might be lowballing him a little bit here. I mean, I didn't want to go too crazy because when you're giving out predictions or projections for a season, right? Especially with 18 year old counter Bedard. I don't want to be like, he's not in 50. I didn't want to be like, yeah, anything less than 50 is a bust. I didn't want to be that guy whatsoever. And I I thought even 40 would be like, okay, on this Blackhawks team, can he realistically get 40? Looks like he can get 40. Yeah. I didn't want to be that guy before the season that's like, I think what was the over under for most odds makers? It was like 69 and a half. I think that's what the mark was. And I'm just like, counter Bedard's probably looking at that number like, I'm going to eat that number up. Right. So I'm like, all right, what's a sweet spot where it's not totally crazy, but it's also like 69 and a half. I feel like, you know, he, he can, that. he can break that. So I felt like 84 was a sweet spot. Well, then I think it was like the day, I think it was like two days before opening night. I published that story. And then it was the next day or the day after that, uh, Frank Saravalli of daily Faceoff. He was like his, one of his bold predictions was Bedard is going to finish with a hundred points. And so I saw him the next day at uh, morning skate in Pittsburgh. And I'm like, wow. I was like, you are way bolder than yeah, I am. Right? Like, I thought I was bold. And you were like, you, you totally elevated what I thought was bold. So we'll see. I, I mean, he's, I guess he still could flirt with closer to a hundred, but um, j- just because he's starting to figure it out, but I'll stick with my 84. I just don't know if I feel, I feel like he's going to, he's on track to surpass What's what's the pace for goals? I think he's on a fifty something goal pace. Seven, I think. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Maybe maybe it's going to be closer to forty forty four or forty four forty. I don't know. One way or the other, those are great numbers, my friend. Those are great numbers. Hey, great minds think alike. We're on the we're on the same wavelength. Absolutely, Charlie. Thank you again for coming on the show, my man. I always appreciate you. Always have fun talking Blackhawks hockey, and let's make sure not to uh, not to not chat for too long in the in the distant future my friend yes absolutely thank you as always for having me and i cannot wait to see what other invention that you uh put onto this show what else we're gonna have we're gonna have a 
scrolling ticker again. We're going to have a rundown. We're going to have, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to have, but Jack, I feel like you're, you and your team, they're, they're going to have something that impresses me the next time we're on. I can't take any credit for it. That's, that's not my department of expertise. I am not, not very good at the background type of stuff, but fortunate to be part of a network that is, is really doing well at that. So thank you again, Charlie, as always. Um, Everyone out there listening, make sure to go and check out Charlie's stuff. Follow him on socials if you don't, because you are missing out on the best Blackhawks content. His Twitter account or X, isn't it an X account? Are we tweeting anymore, dude? I don't know. Corey Perry's on the Blackhawks. I don't know what to make of this. I still say tweet. I still say tweet and I will continue to say tweet. And by the way, you added that. Best Blackhawks content. This is going to be a massive Venmo that you're getting from me tonight. (laughs) Just so you know, you're going to get. Just send me your handle right after this. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I had a little bit of a bad day on the football slate yesterday, so it might come in. It might okay, come in okay. We'll we'll regroup. I'll send you this big Venmo, and then you'll use that for, for this coming week to, to get that money back. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Once again, everyone, Charlie Romeliotis, Blackhawks insider for NBC Sports Chicago. Go and follow him on socials to stay all caught up on the latest Blackhawks news and updates, and go and check out the Blackhawks Talk podcast as well, 100% free or ever you may be listening to your podcasts.